Turn your Bible to Revelation chapter 20. <clears throat> and we have a rich truth. I think we only have about two more studies in this book. We've just been sort of going through it from the highlights standpoint. We have not made it verse by verse, but Revelation is the opening or the unveiling of Jesus Christ. And things that are yet to, to be seen. And as Ms. Dalton said a moment ago, eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. But then, that's an Old Testament scripture. And then Paul adds, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. And so the word of God is the revealing of things that are not yet seen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. They that come to God must believe that he is, is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Not one of us has been to heaven and come back and said, here's how beautiful heaven is. The quartet has tried to tell us in words and song. The scripture has said many things about heaven. Jesus said, don't be afraid. I've gone to prepare a place for you and I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also where I am there you may be also. Now, the last part of Revelation 20, and remember that this chapter deals with the binding of Satan for a thousand years. It deals with the last great judgment, the judgment of the great white throne. There are five judgments spoken of in the scripture, probably more than that. There's the judgment of the believer's sins at Calvary. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. If you've been to Jesus, your sins have been judged in Jesus. And then there's the judgment that takes place when we take the Lord's Supper. And we're gonna do that next Sunday night. And he says at that point, every man is to examine himself. And if we judge ourselves, we'll not be judged by the Lord. Sometimes when we fail to judge ourselves, then God has to judge us and he says, for this reason many are asleep. Many have had to die because they, I'm talking about Christians, they have not looked into their own lives and had changes made. And then there's the judgment seat of Christ. Every one of us, us must meet the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ, those who are saved. That happens when Jesus comes the second time. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the chapter is about heaven. It closes by saying, now they we are ambassadors for Christ. Right in the middle it says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, whether it be good or bad. And then there's the judgment of the nations in Matthew 25, where nations will be judged as to how they treated the people of God. No nation that has stood against the people of God has long prospered. They've all come down. And then at the end of the Bible, in Revelation 20, we have the judgment of the great white throne. And he said, I saw the nations gathered together and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. 
And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. They were judged every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. There are several books mentioned in the scripture. There's the book of the law. That's the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And then there's the book of the living in uh, Psalm 69, 28. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. That same verse is referred to in Exodus 32, 33. The book of the living. Sometimes these are confused and people think, well, you can have your name erased from the book of God because of your sins. Well, there's only one verse in the Bible that can anywhere come near suggesting that, and we'll deal with that either tonight or another night. But I want us to think for a few moments about the book of life. In Daniel 12, at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of the people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And then in Revelation 20, verse 15, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Some Bible students differ concerning the book of life. And they suggest, and I don't think that I agree with this suggestion, but it, it's a possibility. They say the book of life contains everybody's name. And when you reject God's only remedy for sin, your name is taken out of the book of life. Now, this is how they deal with uh, what they understand, the, the confusion about the book of life. I think uh, the confusion is over the fact that there's a book of the living and then there's the book of life. The book of the living has to do with those of us who are alive. And there comes a time when God takes our name out of the book of the living because of our sins. He has an early funeral. That doesn't mean you go to hell. It means God has to remove you. This is spoken of in Hebrews, the 12th chapter. It is spoken of in other places in the scripture. 1 John 5, 16, there's a sin unto death. Talking about a Christian's sin unto death. I do not say that you should pray for that one who has committed a sin unto death. The sin unto death is something where we cross one of the God, one of the dead lands that Dr. J. Harold Smith spoke of so many times, where we refuse to do what God says to do, and God has to remove us from the land of the living, the book of the living. That doesn't mean we go to hell. It means we're no longer alive on the earth. Some people's lives have been cut short because of sin. 
because of waywardness, because of rebellion, because they would not do what God said to do. But the basic passages that speak of the book of life are these, Daniel 12, 1, we just read, Luke 10, verse 20, notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And then in Revelation 3, 5, he that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before thy father and before his angels. And the question has been raised in people's minds, who is it that overcomes? If this promise is those that overcome, they'll not have their name written, blotted out of the book of life. Who are those that overcome? Well, in 1 John chapter 5, we're told, who is he that overcometh, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And so the believer is the one that is overcome because we put our trust in the overcomer. You and I are not the overcomer, but Jesus is. And when we trust him, it's like getting on the train. And uh, you know, when you get on a train, the old trains, I don't know how they're doing today, but you got on a train, you could uh, go to sleep in peace and know that uh, the next morning you'd wake up in New Orleans or you'd wake up in uh, Miami, Florida, and so on, because that train was going straight on through. On the way, it passed some trestles, passed over some rivers and some lakes. It made some stops along the way. But because you were on that train, you were on your way and you would be at your destination. Now, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, your name is written in the book of life. And Jesus said, I have lost none that thou hast given me. Isn't that good? But the son of perdition, and he never was in the book of life. His name was Judas Iscariot. All right, there's another passage in Revelation 20, verse 12. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. Now, the books contain all of our works and all the sins in our lives. Now, you and I who have put our faith in Christ, if we would ever look at the books that God keeps, we would say stamped over our name and over those sins in our lives, the blood of Jesus Christ. And he cleanses us from all sin. So we're saved. We're on our way to heaven. And this scripture just reminds us that uh, he will not blot out our name and we will be judged by that book of life. Now, it's possible at the judgment of the great white throne that some will come there and say, now, Lord, I cast out devils in your name. I preached in your name. I went to church in your name. I did all kinds of good things in your name. And our dear Father, our dear Savior, will cause a pause in the judgment and he said, Angel, open the book of life. The book of life is opened. And if your name is not found written in the book of life, you're cast into the lake of fire, no matter how many good works you did. You see, the book of life has only in it those who are saved, those who are God's children by faith. 
And the question is, are you sure your name is in the book of life? And then in Revelation 21, 27, there shall in no wise enter into it, that's talking about heaven, anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Is your name written there? On that page bright and fair, in the book of the Savior, is your name written there? Then in Revelation 22, 19, if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Now, if that verse could mean that you're lost after you're saved, then it would be in conflict with many, many other passages in the Bible. You see, the Word of God says, He that believeth is not condemned. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him. And that's progressive tense. That doesn't mean you believed once 10 years ago or 20 years ago and you don't believe anymore. It means that that started something of a faith in your heart and you're living by faith. And he that believeth on Him is not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Friend, a faith that fizzles before the finish had a fatal flaw from the first. If you can say, I used to believe, but I don't believe anymore, you never did believe. You cried some crocodile tears, you may have walked to the altar, you may have been baptized 10 times, but when you come to Christ in faith, something happens, a miracle takes place. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. To as many as receive Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. And the question is, have you received Him? Not just have you ascribed to some doctrinal statement. Here's what a Christian believes, and you read this and this and this, and say, well, I think I'll believe that, and I'll work toward that, and so on. That isn't becoming a Christian. You may deceive others, and you may try to live that kind of lifestyle, and that's wonderful, but it won't do you any good at the judgment. Because God's angel will look in the book of life. And whosoever is not found written in the book of life is cast into the lake of fire. This last scripture we read in Revelation 22 says, if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Beloved, I believe that scripture refers to those who have been pretenders but not possessors. Professors, but they never possessed life in Christ. And so when the going gets tough, they do not have the faith stands. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that, be, that, that believe him or trust him. And without faith, and that's present tense, without faith it is impossible to please God. So friend, I do not believe that a real born again believer can take away the words of this book. 
That's the reason it's so dangerous to tamper with the book of God. Don't allow yourself to ever have that pleasure or that luxury where you say, well, this is inspired and this isn't inspired and I'm going to believe this, but I'm not going to believe that. God gives you a severe warning. He says, if that's the way you look at it, if that's your concept, then you better watch out. You had a faith that fizzled before the finish. It had a fatal fall from the first. And so this wonderful scripture reminds us that our name is written in the book of life. Aren't you glad? You know, they came back to Jesus one day. He had appointed them to go out and and uh, preach the gospel and heal the sick and so on. And they came back and they said, we, we saw the devil scared of us. And we saw demons cast out and we saw this and that. And we saw all kinds of things. And Jesus said, that's all right, that's good. But don't rejoice in that. Just rejo rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Amen. What do you mean by that? It is possible to see miracles and do miracles and not be saved. You remember when Moses cast his staff down and it became a serpent? The wise men of Egypt did the same thing and they became, those became serpents. It is possible for the magicians and the unsaved astrologers and Ouija board people and occult people to do all kinds of miracles. Their name's not written in heaven. And they may take things out of the book of life and out of the book, out of the word of God and deny them. But it's just a testimony. They're not really saved. They never have been saved. Judas Iscariot worked with Jesus for three years. He was a treasurer. Doubtless he did a lot of good things. The disciples, none of them, the other 11 never dreamed what he was. They didn't think he was an imposter. They didn't know that. And when Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me, they said, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? They didn't say, Lord, is it Judas? <laughs> they, were, they were looking at themselves. And that's what the scripture tells us to do. We need to look at ourselves, not at others. We're to judge ourselves, not others. We're to look at our own motives, not the motives of others. And be sure that our name is written in heaven. And how do you get your name written in heaven? By faith in Jesus Christ. So simple. And you know, the only one that can really reveal that to you is the Holy Spirit. No one can come to my Father except the Spirit draw him. And he that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. See, he's not going to throw you out. He's not going to take your name out of the book of life. He's not going to cast you out when you really genuinely are drawn to him by the Holy Spirit. God keeps you as the apple of his eye. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? And when we invite the Holy Spirit into our heart, He comes in and forgives us and saves us. So the question tonight is, are we positive our name is in heaven? You sure, you sure about it? You remember when it happened? Do you have that same faith in your heart? I don't mean have you ever had any doubts. Many people have doubts. But under that, all that flow of doubts is there that deep conviction. I've put my hand in the hand of God. I put my soul in the, in the safekeeping of the Lord. And I'm trusting him 
sink or swim, heaven or hell, live or die, I'm trusting Jesus as my Savior. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for that passage concerning the book of life. We pray that if there's one person here tonight who is not positive, his name is written in the book of life, that that one will come to Christ tonight. Have thine own way in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's stand, please. What are we singing? Only trust him, 163. 163, come every soul by sin oppressed. There's mercy with the Lord, and he will surely give you rest by trusting in his word. Will you trust him tonight? If you're already saved, thank God. If you've never been saved or you're not sure you're saved, don't leave tonight without knowing that. Come with your sorrow, your sin, your questions, and just come to him. He that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Will you come to him tonight? God bless you as we sing.